Welcome to Kebu, Genji Matiri. It's good to be here. Thank you for having me, Jane. It is a delight to have you on the Olmo Variety Hour uh, this morning to talk about your feature film, uh, Juad, uh, that will be screened at the Cascade Festival of African Films this Friday evening at the Hollywood Theater. And as listeners know, the Cascade Festival of African Films is an important annual event and has become um, an important film institution in our city. The film released in 2022 has been widely recognized for its nuanced portrayal of a mother-son relationship. Uh, the story unfolds as they attempt to come to terms with painful memories of a traumatic night a decade prior, a traumatic event that led the mother to leave Congo, fleeing political violence and leaving her son behind. I must say, a, a riveting film. Ganji, you are Congolese, and as I understand, you've been living in Belgium, um, places where the film was shot. Uh, what what inspired this narrative about immigration with, with a tormented mother and son relationship at the center of the story? Let's say everything I've, I've seen and, and, and been through as a... I like to say that first I'm human and also sometimes say I'm a Congolese Belgian um, or as if I take what sometimes we hear in the in the United States of America we talk about Afro-American and sometimes in Europe you might hear Afro-European so I wanted to tell uh, a story with uh, black characters that were as nuanced and complex as the black human beings I see around me, whether I'm in Belgium, whether I'm in Congo, or whether I'm like uh, right now in the US. So that was the main inspiration. And then uh, thinking about some um, mainly women in particular that are in my family, uh, because I, I think I wanted to, to honor the need not only to speak about our traumas that destroy us from inside if we don't talk about it and also to honor the the nuanced strong and rich uh black women uh i grew up with um so those were my main inspirations you're a photographer as well as a filmmaker and i noticed in looking at some of your photography the the complex portrayals or pictures of, of women in your work. And I think with this story, we have both the lead character. Yes, Riziki, she's portrayed by um, Baptida Sajo. Yes, and she is both a mother and also has a political life and commitments beyond motherhood. And, and that's very much part of the story is the, um, the risk she's taken and her own struggles to come to terms with her history as a, a political person who's taken enormous risks and the impact of that on her son. Can, can you speak a bit about that portrayal? Because I think it's um, her, her own divided history and suffering under political violence is part of what unfolds here. Yes, of course. Um, so uh, Riziki, portrayed by Baptida Sadro, is an investigative journalist in Congo. 
and she is uh, also, of course, the mother of uh, uh, Amani, uh, who is portrayed by Edson Anibal. And um, again, to come back to what I was saying about Nguyen's uh, uh, portrayal of um, women in, in particular and, and just human beings I see uh, uh, in Africa and elsewhere, uh, it was important for me to show in the film that she is many uh, things. She is uh, a professional, she is uh, a, a woman, she's a mother, she's a, uh, a spouse, um, if I'm correct with my English. Um, so it was interesting for me to uh, show, hopefully show how conflicted she is because she wants change in her country. Uh, that's why the the, the in-depth article she, she's been working on uh, put her life in danger and her family in danger. Uh, and one of the other inspirations of, um, of the script and then the filmmaking and also talking with um, my whole crew, the acting team and, and um, uh, people I worked with behind the camera was how all those different needs and personal objectives interact and create a situation where it's gonna be hard for mother and son, especially after being separated for 10 years, to understand the, the experience the other went through and what happened for them emotionally, intellectually, uh, um, between those, those uh, two moments when they are in Congo 10 years ago and when they are reunited in Belgium. So I wanted to bring that also because of course, I was born and I grew up in Congo, which as you hear it in the, you see it in the film, I make a little bit reference questioning how democratic that country is, even if it's called Democratic Republic of Congo. So it yes. was also to comment on that. But the the politics seem are very much kind of palpable in the periphery, but not at the center of this story. In fact, it's um, in, at some points agonizing to watch the close up experience of both son and daughter. And you you sacrifice neither in the telling of your story. Often there's the the privileged point of view. To some extent, it's of the son, but also of the the mother and her struggles to connect with his son and to bear, tolerate his rage um, and anger at her around a sense of abandonment and her protecting him some from what she suffered, yes, which yes. is part of the role. The job of a parent is to both be honest. She says, you have to speak the truth. Silence will kill you. But yet she has um, also an investment in protecting him from the horrors of that night. And I, I was really struck with the the sensitivity and nuances of how you how you portrayed the traumatic night that sets off the story and unfolds through flashbacks and memories. And you know, you don't resort to some of the Hollywood conventions or tropes around traumatic memory. They're they're beautifully subtle glimpses of of past scenes that felt psychologically true to me All right. as well as um, carrying an important narrative. Thank you very much. And uh, thank you for mentioning that because it was important for me not to fall in 
I will call it a trap as a, it's my first feature film. And sometimes when you're from Africa, people expect you to make kind of a postal card film. But I am, my very first website as an artist is a website called in French, L'Art d'être humain, which could be translated as the art of being human. It's a poetry website. And I was like, I know intuitively that I'll make a film where we are as close as possible to those human beings. Um, if you want to watch about the, your sightseeing in Congo, that's not the film. I want to really be close and tell a human story. And I love also as a photographer to observe people. So uh, you hopefully you've experienced the, that emotional weight that comes with the silences that are unable to talk to each other. And that for me was only possible if you can create also with the artistic team and uh, and and the great uh, actors I work with, a sense of we're gonna bring the audience as close as possible as what is going on, not only on their faces, their eyes, how they breathing, but also try to guess the internal conflicts that they're experiencing. So that's why it was, um, I mean, the, the camera was close to them. Um, so as also uh, I consume a lot of art, uh, I learn a lot from from art, no matter the, the the form of art, you know, photography, painting, music, and I love it when I can feel something first in my guts, and then later on think with my brain what happened. So usually I'm I'm after that. Whether I'm watching a, a play on stage or a, a, a film, I love to feel those emotions, no matter what emotion it is. So. Uh, that was I was also after, um, you know, I think it's Sidney Lumet who said in, in I think his book is called Making Movies. That's that's the, the, the book. So I, I, I love that book in particular because from the introduction, he got me when he said, I will not tell you how to make movies. I'll tell you how I made my movies. And then from there, you can pick up what you need. And one of the things I needed and I used is I am the first audience of my film. Of course, it's a teamwork, but I have to, at the end of the day, be like, oh, this is the film that is as close as what I would have loved to enjoy. And for me, there's also kind of a political statement is like, hey, we have a lack of nuanced representation of, about black characters. So you are invited in this film to look at them. So I know that for, for instance, with the feedbacks I had, usually personal feedbacks, because in Q&A sessions, sometimes people don't want to talk about what they missed in a film, but sometimes people were like, um, um, maybe some shots linger too much on the faces. And when we were having a, a conversation, like a one-on-one -on -one conversation, I was like, maybe it's because I also need to look at them. It's like when even the conversation we're having right now will be richer because it's only you and I. So that's what this intimacy uh, what is intellectual, emotional, or else? That's also what I want to create when the the camera lingers longer on their faces, so you can see how she reacts. Uh, I don't want to give any spoilers, but maybe when we'll talk <laughs> uh, after the interview, I can tell you some of my favorite scenes that has uh, that have to do with seeing how somebody uh, somebody's face changes to even if in the course of sixty seconds you can kind of guess and see how emotionally she's going from one stage to another. And I love that. That's why I love 
some of my favorite filmmakers do that. I, I will not name filmmakers because I always forget some of them, but I love dramas that bring me in as close as possible to what the people I'm watching are experiencing emotionally. Which I think in this film, Jua, that it speaks to your skills as a director and the actors who who we linger with because they're struggling with something um, important. And so it's it doesn't feel narcissistic or self-indulgent to linger. There's a lot going on in those those moments where each of the lead protagonists is struggling with a history not of their own making, but trying to understand their own agency in that history. Um, I, I would like to talk a little bit about the politics on the periphery. And as you mentioned, there's a there's a confrontation uh, that Amani has with both another uh, Congolese man about what does it mean to be Congolese? And, and also with his mother, there's um, a coming to terms with her who, who, who seems very European um, she's obviously doing well and has a, a pretty bourgeois life from the signifiers that, that are present. Um, and yet Belgian uh, Congo, as it was called, was ruled by one of the most ruthless colonial powers, uh, King Leopold II, who's known for severing hands for um, those who resisted his rule and that and Belgium not doing what people expected international human rights um, spokespeople in acknowledging that brutal history what how did you think about that history on the periphery as it set the stage it seemed that more for a, a political violence not directly related to that history that becomes the event around which the story unfolds versus this other brutal history of, of Belgian colonial rule. There's so many consequences to the history of that country. Uh, uh, what happened before colonization, during and after the dictatorship and everything else. So I've, uh, that's why I'm, I'm usually interested in documentaries um, because that's how I do most of my research. And as a storyteller who wants to tell, uh, you know, fiction stories, I have a lot of stories that will take um, time. So I couldn't fit everything in there, but I can already tell you that in my mind, I have a, a trilogy. So for me, Jua is just... Uh, Part one, hopefully with the next one I'm, I'm, I start working on, um, I will add some more of the way political context and the political history, and more importantly, the geopolitics reality uh, affect the collective that is all the citizens from Congo or diaspora, diasporic Congolese, but also on an individual level. I thought that for Jua, I will just explore the consequences of political violence uh, when we just look closer at a family composed of three persons. But if, I mean, ancestors willing, like I like to say, by the end of the three films I wanna make, and the third one, actually, it, it, it will be like historical because I wanna start it in the 50s 
and tell a story that will span and go till 2025, maybe, so that hopefully, if I work well I'm, and I'm well surrounded and well advised, um, I can make a larger commentary on how the political history of Congo, the links with with Belgium, but not only with Belgium, you know, like with the USA, if you if we look at uh, what happened with the first elected prime minister with uh, Patrice Lumumba and and uh, and the two other politician uh, Polo um, who who were assassinated, it's not only two or three countries in, involved. That's what I love about studying and learning about geopolitics. It's always more, but what we can tell with a documentary is not the same for the film. Uh, so hopefully I can develop that, but I, I love to watch also films that then later on inspire me to go on the internet. That's why I make a little joke as well in Jua saying that, you know, internet is kind of your best friend. So if, if some audience members want to learn more about the history of Congo and the link with Belgium and why is still for me there's still a lot of neo-colonialisms going on even if sometimes people like to say we are post-colonial i don't really agree with that it's just that it's more subtle i'm like each audience member can use the internet and 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 dive deeper on the subject right yeah there's only so much you can carry in a film and and if you're saying if it inspires more curiosity about uh the history the colonial history of congo and the the Democratic Republic of Congo or DGR, then I mean the DRC, then then that's a good thing. But you can't carry all of that history in one film. <clears throat> this is Jan Hawken talking today to Genji Mutiri, uh, a director of Chua, a feature film that's screening at the Cascade Festival of African Films this Friday evening. Well, Genji, the uh, the tagline for the festival is African films through African eyes. And you're saying that that's a, a complex kaleidoscopic kind of uh, exercise because there are so many African uh, countries, stories and experiences. And this is one story that you're telling through a, a mother-son relationship. And I think... Um, was also in, interesting to me in terms of your earlier point about the different levels and nuances of this mother-son relationship that spans a political trauma and their own personal relationship and attempt to connect with one another. That there's, there's um, amidst this dramatic history of trauma and loss, there is a kind of Oedipal story too, in the sense of, a child's discovery of the mother's love for another person that leaves the child outside of that relationship. And I'm, I'm a psychoanalytic feminist psychologist. So I'm always interested in these, these conflicts that are in a way part of human experience, but I think don't get recognized as part of non-Western experience as well as part of what we recognize psychologically in you know western cultures that's that's one of um the the subject i also wanted to explore is um i don't know who said that but i read somewhere that's uh it was said 
a boy becomes a man when he accepts the idea that uh, his mother can make love to, I mean, it's like loving and can make love to another man. Because sometimes it's like you there, like my mom, she's mine. Even if, of course, there's no uh, sexual relations involved, but it's like, if you just used to see your mother and your father and you're not mature enough, psychologically and emotionally, when your mother would tell you, hey, you know what? In the best case scenario, it's like I'm divorcing from your dad uh, peacefully, but the son might stick to, I don't want to see my mother with another man. And so those are some of the the, the, the the things I wanted to, I wanted to sprinkle a little bit of that when Amani meets his father-in-law. And of course, I also added because when we talk about identities, there's also skin colors. I talk sometimes with my 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 partner who is a Eritrean American. I'm talking about the fact that in in America there's this um, I will call it a concept. I hope I'm not offending anybody of the one drop rule. So uh, that America comes out of white supremacist thinking. Exactly. So there's Barack Obama is black, but in Europe reality, Barack Obama is biracial. So I wanted not only to talk, I mean, to put on top of um, a boy needs to grow up and be like, have this adult conversation with his mom. Of course, it's harder in the context of the traumas, each of them, Amani and Riziki experience, but it was part of my inspiration. There was also a comment about uh, uh, colorism or skin colors or ra uh, racism within the community, because actually uh, the father-in-law is metaphorically half black, half white. It would be his stepfather, but so, yes. So there's also some issues about, okay, um, colorism within the community uh, that um is there with uh the stepfather um and the third thing that uh you probably i'm sure you noticed throughout the film with amani there's also kind of my way to comment on toxic masculinity because i also had to deal with it and i see some of uh the younger men still dealing with it whether they are my nephews or or friends so it was important also for me to bring that. So if I could put under the title of the 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 Jua uh, the Jua title or Jua uh, film poster, I would say it's a psychological family drama. But that seemed too much. So before we close, tell us whether you will be here on um, Friday night once again. This is uh, Jan Hawken talking with. Uh, Genji Maturi about his first feature film, Chua, that will be screened with the part of the program of the Cascade Festival of African Films, uh, screening this Friday evening at the Hollywood Theater at seven o'clock. Will you be there? I mean, I will be there. I love uh, being in the, I mean, secretly sit in the audience and, and try to guess what they are feeling what each one is feeling and and yes i will be uh i will of course be there and and be open to either conversations at the hollywood theater or later on through social media uh because uh that's the ultimate re reward is to screen this 
collective work we did with Joa with an audience and feel how they react. So yes, I will be there and open to any conversations, whether, uh, like I said, on the spot or later on on social media. Well, thanks so much for your beautiful film and and the what is a, I think an important film by any standards and for joining us here as part of the the Cascade Festival of African Films and I look forward to uh, meeting you here in the Rose City. My pleasure. Thank you so much. Thank okay, you. we'll see you Friday. <laughs>